Hey, hey, come on, let's talk this out. Hey, everybody, uh, this is uh, Jackson and Christian. Um, this is the gray area. We're doing a special segment um, for Juneteenth, post Juneteenth. We're doing this on Father's Day. So shout out to all the fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just doing this. We just kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, how post, to- yeah, yeah, post Juneteenth. Um, you know, it gave everyone a chance to reflect and really think about what's going on. Uh, some people in denial and some people uh, in full acceptance. During Pride Month, lots of conflicts. Mm-hmm. It's just a, there's a lot that we can talk about, bounce around from. For sure. And we're going to focus on the positive and the negative. We're going to try and keep it balanced, you know. Um, just give a fair, honest, you know, just how we feel as, you know, two mixed guys who share this experience, which is why Will isn't here. And Will totally respected that, was, you know, is that this is, you know, something that only we have the unique knowledge to kind of speak of from our point of view. So, um, you know, this is just kind of what we're going to do. I mean, and um, a lot of people get confused. You know, there's the heritage, ancestry, um, and then there's race. And so it's it's two black guys, two mixed guys at the same time. Um, But but Will's white and Juneteenth is exclusive. And that's one of the hot topics of, you know, Juneteenth is no. It was yet another thing that black people are so desperately trying to cling on to and that we need to like, that I feel we need to gatekeep or whatever it may be um, and not gatekeep the education, not gatekeep the reflection, but the actual celebration of, you know, what our ancestors did, went through and made it out of. I, I don't know so much as, in my opinion, so much as gatekeep is just keep a cultural brand uh, you know, boundary. I don't even know if I'd call it a gatekeep because it's, you know, you don't celebrate Christmas if you're Muslim because you respect the other person, you know. It's that thing that we should be respectful of or anyone who is non-Black should be respectful of is, you know, is that this is, you know, a holiday that we something. You can wish us, you know, well and go support a business, but, you know, don't speak over you know, stuff like that. And maybe ask for education. If you don't know what it's about, learn. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. The best thing that you can do as an ally on Juneteenth is grow and self-reflect. 100%. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to find the real definition of what an ally is these days. But one thing, if you want to play it the safest, do the best, literally just improve yourself. Like Just, just reflect. Uh, Juneteenth is another thing to look up. You can look into the history. You know, slavery still existed here in America until 2013 mm-hmm. um, on the basis of race specifically. And, um, you know, education is the most important part of it. Uh, when I first heard about it and saw the commercials and blah, 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 my first instinct, you know, was um, to be kind of repulsed, like disgusted because, you know, there's profit being made off of these things. Right. Um, no matter what, you can't avoid the whitewashing process unless it unless it is completely gay kit gay um, and so, you know, with that, I took a step back and realized it's a, it's another thing for people to look up, and that's a good thing at least at that. Like that should be the most. Look it up, learn about it, 
that's it. And, you know, that's my suggestion to everybody else who's black, like, not a monolith. Like, you don't have to celebrate it. You don't have to do anything. You can celebrate it. You can do whatever. You don't have to feel bad because other stuff isn't getting passed. But it is a good time to look at, you know, all of our shortcomings and all of our successes. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's the great, it's the greatest time for growth about everybody, but especially, you know, allies focus on that. But for black folks, like Christian said, do whatever you want. It's your, it's our thing. It's our moment to have a national holiday. The last time a national holiday passed was 38 years ago. MLK, you know, so this is, you know, this is something that is something that you should celebrate. Don't let people shame you because they think it's performative. Mm-hmm. People shame you for celebrating your our holiday. It's it, so that's something that I will say. Now, right. I'd like to go over briefly, if you don't mind, what Juneteenth is very quickly. So, for those who don't know, Juneteenth is the this is the 156th anniversary of when the last slaves in Texas were freed. Again, this is what we know of officially by a Union general. Um, in 1865, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, they marched in the Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. They told the slaves, you've been free for two years. You've been, you know, um, you have all these rights. You have 40 acres and a mule. So, right. um, well, no, we we didn't get the 40 acres and a mule part. No, we did not. <laughs> we did. Yeah, you see. But, and yeah. and it's, it's so interesting. People don't realize how direct this is 156 years, whatever that might go over your head. My ancestors, um, after they landed in America, ended up in Virginia, made it down to the Texas, Louisiana area, and were in Oklahoma, and were right there when all this was happening and stuff like that. Eventually made their way to flee to Southern California, and that's where they are today, slowly dispersing. Like, like this is direct history. Mm-hmm. And so this is like a, just a perfect opportunity to really learn about it. And... Um, like I didn't even hear about Juneteenth till a few years ago. Like even I was distant from it. You go into predominantly white institutions, schools, whatever, um, neighborhoods and such. It was really, really weird. I was like, dang, like how did I not know this? But I think we all had these epiphanies in this past year. Like how did we not know this? Very much so. I learned about it, I think probably the same time as you. And I went, hold up, wait a second. You know, when did I hear about this? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, I think, you know, it's good that now it's going to be a more aware thing. And I'd like to go back to uh, what you were talking about, about the dispersion, because we both did DNA tests with, you know, different people and how direct it is. My family's actually near, near Christian's area. Mine's more Virginia, Kentucky, Alabama, Mm -hmm. Georgia. Very interesting. There's a little factoid. Christian, your last name, Deadman. I hope you don't mind me saying that. No, I don't mind. Biological grandfather's name is Redman, and they come from the exact same area. So there's a good chance that we are connected in some way. Yeah, and that's that's crazy to think, you know. That that, that would be pretty interesting. But it's funny because we know somebody with the last name Redmond, and, you know, her family could have owned yours at one point, and we will never know. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable, but I, you know how we were probably connected either by very, 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 very thin blood or Mm -hmm. by slave owner, you know, something which shows how, uh, you know, the interconnections and how direct it is. Because, 
you know, here we are, you know, it's not that small of a world. The United States is huge. You know, mm-hmm. and here we are, two guys in Arizona that, you know, are connected in somehow. All right. And people, so recently with these graduations, this actually made me think of this, um, with how recent this stuff really is. Um, my my great grandma, she's still alive. She's 90 something, 94. And she has an older brother. He's like 104. And yeah, um, Uncle Nolan. And they came from Oklahoma, but they're that old, which means emancipation for Texas only had happened 50 something years before they were born. And then um, their birth was was illegal at that because she was half white, half black. Um, and she got with the black man. And so it's, it's just all crazy how recent it was. Um, so when you see, you know, black people celebrating up after they graduate high school and you're like, oh, it's just high school or whatever. Like, like, oh, you're doing too much. Or like, you're supposed to hold your applause. Like, we were not supposed to read ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that'll blow your mind. Imagine that you just not supposed to read. Like, imagine mm-hmm. you cannot do that. Uh, it's all these things. It's every celebration, I think, this should also go just as a life lesson for anybody, but especially to realize is that you got to celebrate what you have because you totally could have not had it, especially those of mm-hmm. us African-American, is we were not supposed to make it this far. So when we graduate high school, when those of us graduate college, when anyone does anything celebratory, no matter what race, hold on to what you have and enjoy mm-hmm. them because life is only so long. But and, yeah. and just like paint the picture of how like brutal and like evil the whole idea of this. Think about it. Now, Abraham Lincoln is nobody's savior. He did it for politics, right? Um, but it's a week, like people can still respect and appreciate it. Um, but let's say he was just a little bit worse of a man. You know, let's just say he, he had a little bit more hate in his heart. And that would have been like, oh, well, oh, well, for us, that's unfortunate. Maybe yeah. the next next 50 years will be freed. Like that's it, it really is like that big. Like people were just clinging on for dear life, clinging on to things like Christianity, clinging on the things to, to culture and stuff like that. Trying to remember African roots. People started trying to go back to like dreaming of going back to Africa since the start. And so, you know, paving your way here in a place that you weren't even meant to survive. Like that's something big. It, very much so. And, you know, I, I think, you know, everybody, we have this cultural tension that boiled over once during the Civil War. But, you know, it we're kind of close to a boiling point now. So I think we all have to remember, you know, just educate yourselves, you know, all that stuff. And like you were saying with the direct stuff, I believe this is another factoid. All it takes is five generations and you're back at slavery. Oh yeah. Take your parents five generations, not even mm. that four. Yeah, I mean and, and it's funny too because I might have to speak on my great great grandparents, mm-hmm. but for for a white person whose family likely had more money, more education, waited to have kids, that's just their their grandparents or their great grandparents. Yeah. Um like I have all my generations crunched down, but it's really not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and even that that shows the direct effects right there. Um teen pregnancies. Uh, drug issues and jail time and family like not because all black people are the same but because effects really last and they were supposed to they were built to well yeah yes i if you don't if you live in poor areas low lower income areas if you don't have the same access to food to healthy food Mm -hmm. if you don't have all these things you don't have medicaid 
if the average lifespan is 32 years in some of these areas, how do you expect to compound wealth upon yourself? You mm-hmm. know? So, you know, Christian, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but, you you know, your parents had you younger, right? Right. My parents had me a little bit older because I was a little bit more fortunate than I, I would say I'm very lucky mm-hmm. you know, to to be in the position that I am right now, you know? Oh, and, yeah. My, my mom was like uh, the last hope, and she still technically had a teen pregnancy at 19, got pregnant at 18. Um you know, I'm glad to have a young parent, but it did mess some things up. And it's a common um, common thing in the black community. It's an issue of both accountability and us not having a country that respects and acknowledges the past to begin repairing it. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, and just people who don't build up infrastructure. Mm-hmm. If you everybody who wants to know, I know this is a little side note, but people like wondering, like, what's Biden's infrastructure bill about? You know, what does infrastructure mean? Infrastructure means roads, bridges, available things. Mm-hmm. That is missing from lower income communities to higher income communities. Take a lot of us go to Corona del Sol High School. Do you notice how many shops, everything that you need is right within a couple of blocks? It's within walking distance. Mm-hmm. It's not the same for lower income communities. You know, it's just not the same. And, um, it's funny, too, thinking about because uh, I was coming back from San Diego. We went to Maricopa or whatever, and I had recalled that so many students when I was in middle school drove all the way from Maricopa into, you know, the city that we were in. And um, it's because the schools around the specific area that we we're in, they weren't as good. And it's like, you know, if all these people are running and we just base off of like the income around the area of the school, like those schools are going to stay with their money and the schools without money are likely going to stay without their money. That's, it's, it's it's exactly what has happened throughout history. And gosh, like like Juneteenth is the door to open. Like if, very much so. And yeah, like you were saying, prop, if, for those who don't know, I think I've said it on here before, but our schools are funded by property taxes. So in those taxes that aren't there near us, you know, that are not, um, you know, if you're in a lower income, that's obviously less taxes for, uh, you know, that go to the school because the property is less. Mm-hmm. Schools get funded less. Now, think about, think to yourself, you know, what, no matter what, you know, political, you know, ideology, mm-hmm. is that fair? Is that fair? If you believe in capitalism, socialism, whatever, no matter what you go, that is mm-hmm. not, you know. So that's something that, you know, Juneteenth opens all these doors to talk about, you know. And I'm just so disappointed. Um, I'm not. I'm not so much disappointed with the fact that it's become a federal holiday, but that it has overshadowed now all, or it was almost like an attempt to overshadow all these other things that we were begging to have passed. And it's I, just. Um, I get that. Yeah, it's a it's a classic replay of America, and. It, it leads you to appreciate these things less, and oftentimes, that's what that's what happens to a lot of Black people in America. They start to lose hope, and so I think everybody's just gotta one step at a time. They, yeah, I'd like to stay pop. I I try to stay positive because I think a big thing is that even when they're doing a good thing, you stay pessimistic. You know what I mean? Because this is a good thing, and things are going to be passed tomorrow. The Senate is going to introduce the For the People Act. You know, all these things are on the schedule. Things are going to be passed. You know, 
the mm-hmm. Congressional Black uh, Caucus, you know, proposed this bill, you know, stuff like that. You know, we, we all have that stuff. But this pessimism and this fear of what has happened before is totally, totally not unfounded. It's totally reasonable, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, it's, you know, it's just this pessimism, you know. So I think, you know. I mean, personally, what I would re- recommend is that another black person can save their breath is don't depend on the government take action into your own hands you know you're not responsible to be an activist but a lot of times you got to be responsible for the things you want done and so i think that's just what we all got to do on an individual level and that's why you know i can i can even more so respect um your want to go into congress and stuff like that because whether it works for us or not take matters into your own hands yeah, I mean that's my. I mean my goal, you know, is partially since it's Father's Day. I'm gonna shout out my dad. My dad <laughs> always taught me that you know hard work is just how it is. My dad has sacrificed so much for this family, and I look at myself now and I think nothing that I would be able to do, I would not be able to educate myself in these ways, were possible if my dad did not sacrifice. You know, and so it's. I think that if you, you know. If you are willing to do do what is necessary to help those that you love in the broader community, then you then everyone after you will reap the successes that you made. And to me, that's a bigger reward than anything is the legacy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to to the young black man, either without the father period or the father that they they should have had, you know, got to break that cycle. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's up to you. And there's so many issues in the past that have to be acknowledged and fixed and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's up to you. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think that brings us back to one of the biggest points of Juneteenth is it's to be better. Be better than the cells that we were before June 19th. That's the be better, reflect, educate, educate, educate all these things, you know, because I just, we just kind of learned about this so recently, you mm-hmm. know, reading about this, yeah. you know, and it's and like, just, open. just because things are better doesn't mean we're done, you know, it's it, like, just just because something's good doesn't mean it can't be great. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, so celebrate this moment, mm-hmm. but also take into account that we're not done. Yeah, that's what, and that's where people get so hurt, like, like, when you get corrected on something, you know, it's not because you suck. It's because you can be better. That's exactly. it. Oh, that's typically it. Um, just because, you know, there's an issue here doesn't mean I'm saying it's on you. Like, as in, you did this, but now I'm putting it on you to do something about it, at least for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you know, I think I've had friends where I've been like, I don't think you should. I'm like, I'm not cool with you saying that. You shouldn't say that or something. Mm-hmm. And, it's because you're a horrible person or it's because, you know, you're all this. No, nah, it's because you can be better. <laughs> all right. you, know, you can learn. You can understand. I've been that where, you know, I've said something and, you know, Christian and I are good friends. So it could go either or if he says something, I'll be like, hey, man, I'm not sure about that. And he'll go, OK, you know, and he'll say something to me and I'll go, OK, I'll be better. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you should be with your friends is criticism isn't bad. Right. And what people need to realize is like when you're hit with criticism, that doesn't mean you spit right back because it's, it's not a roast battle. Mm-hmm. It's um, you're building each other up. And like if, if your structure ain't built, you know, how, how are you going to build anybody else around you? Like 
it's a it's a group effort everybody got to be with each other mm-hmm. and so i think that's where people get um they they get off track is they forget like community is real like fam- whether it be family multiple families or a whole neighborhood whatever it is mm-hmm. um and so that's another nice thing about juneteenth is uh it gives everybody a break from the division in the black community to just get together and be like hey all of our ancestors made it through this and we're still you know surviving together like we're still here yeah yeah Dude, the the chances of you and i being alive right now think about the chances insurmountable my think, dude my think about all the family that we'll never know that we lost you know 100 years ago 200 years ago unbelievable you know and it's like my grandparents were white and black my grandfather was black and my grandmother was white they married in like 1968 in Hartford, Kentucky, and they survived. They got mm-hmm. this. Then my mom was born, my uncle, you know, and all this stuff. And now I'm here, and my dad was adopted. You know, all these things that are, you know, amazing. And I don't know. I uh, here's a little uh, fact thing that we were talking about earlier is that my biological grandfather's last name is Redmond. And Christian's last name is Deadman, and they come around from the from literally the same area. Mm-hmm. So it's not that long ago. It's con- it's all connected, right? Yeah. And it's, um, it's funny. Oh, like I had mentioned too, uh, that there's somebody else with the last name Redman, and it's either it's either Jackson and I are connected, um, whether that be through thin blood or just slave owner. Or he's connected to that other person's last name, Redmond, through slave owner to slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. And because you know, we both took DNA tests. Um, I had, I did, I showed my father's side, and Christian, I don't know what you took. Yeah, I think you took the whole thing. Yeah, I took yeah my own. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take my own again, but you mm-hmm. know, we you know, and it's it's a very interesting concept because um, we briefly mentioned you know like race ancestry heritage whatever they're all completely different while while we're mixed we still walk black mm-hmm. and um it's interesting because when i took that dna test and i see all the history of my family and all the family i know um there's this whole other side is from chile and everything like i don't even know i i know my, my black family my black history and stuff like that but um like it's, it's just a weird concept and I think people, that's another thing. Like, people got to realize every black person is different. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if we mentioned this one, because if we sound confusing right now, it's because we had to do a little re-recording. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, j- just because you're black doesn't mean you have to celebrate Juneteenth. Just because oh, yeah. you're black doesn't mean you have to do be an activist. You don't have to put yourself through strain. You don't have to do what you don't want to just because you think it's a responsibility, like, Literally, do your own thing. Be whatever. Um, uh, I don't know. Bro. There, just... there are black people with different opinions than us. Yeah, like with vastly different opinions. Because and I noticed that when um, a lot of you know more racist white people start to talk about some something, whether it be Black Lives Matter or Democrats or something like that, they tend to slip up, and I see them in, like trying to acknowledge like. Black people have the same opinion or something. Um, but that's not the case. That's not the case at all. 
It's not the. It's definitely not. People think that because we have a shared experience, will make us all the same, and that's not the truth. We have something in common, but that doesn't mean that everything that we say we agree with. Christian and I have disagreed on stuff before. Yeah. Uh, not not very much, very rarely, but we have. You know, I've disagreed with some of my other uh, black friends who are more um, right leaning. I've, you know, I've disagreed with a black friend who's more left leaning and he's one of my best friends, you know, on a certain issue. So, you know, all a monolith, you know, and that's something that's important because, and I think, you know, people also saying that with Democrats, Democrats are a coalition, you know, Democrats are made up of all different types of people. The Republican party is one demographic essentially. Yeah. And that's funny to think. Um, But also, that reminds me of something too. Um, just to clarify, Juneteenth is not a "quote unquote" POC holiday. I don't even like the term POC because um, if you want to group up and talk about colored folk, just go ahead and do that. Like, um, but uh, it's not a POC holiday. It's a it's a Black holiday, and yeah. you it's, know you can just you can respect and appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, you know. And I, I think the most important part is respect and appreciate and support. Because I've seen so much on Instagram of people who are, you know, progressives and allies and stuff go, you know, great, whatever, now pass this. Mm. And to me, this might just be me. But that is upsetting to me because that is disregarding something that would make me happy. Imagine it, it's not it's, it's not their place at all. Exactly, like, uh, and it's the same way. It's not their place to clap for it being passed. That's yeah. not you. It's like me. It's like me if if you know my Muslim friend is doing like Happy Eid, and I'm like, great. Now stop the headings of Saudi Arabia. Like, and that's another thing um with a lot of these specifically white um activists that i see online or whatever I mean, um is i mean interrupt but i've hmm. noticed it from latino activists i've noticed it from oh yeah too, but but specifically white is um the ones that I noticed the most, so that's really like the most I've observed, right. is, uh, you know, in the heat, they tend to become overbearing. Yes. And that that is just, it's not necessary. It's, and actually, it, it shows that you're not an ally. The second that you say great, or that you clap um, before, yeah, or, or if you clap before I have the chance or something, you know, you dictate how I should perceive it, um, and things like this, um, I know you're not an ally. You're you're not listening, yeah. and you're overbearing. You're, and I think that's a note for a lot of uh, not black people to listen. To. Something to grow is that something for you as an ally to realize that that's not what you're supposed to do. Like we've had a podcast where Will has said something, and he didn't even know it. He didn't even know what it was. We mm-hmm. like, what was it? It was like the the white shield or something. He said, he said like I would hope that if you are in trouble, I would step in front of you. And, you know, we corrected him and said, I wouldn't want you to step in front of me. I want you to step beside me. Mm-hmm. And that's the, just the simple fact. And he went, oh, I never thought of it like that. And they said, yeah, thank you so much. You know, you see, it's something like that where you can grow. Nobody's hating you. No one's attacking mm-hmm. you. know, it's a, it's a growth thing, you know. And so 
I think that's very, very important. Um, you know, just just all of these things. And I'd like mm. to uh, shout shout out anybody. Um, do you have any black businesses that you want to shout out? Because that's the most important thing to support black business and black wealth. I don't know any in Arizona. I I actually do. You can look up black owned businesses near you know whatever your zip code is. Mine is eight five two eight four. Tempe area. Oh, what are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> the area. Yeah. So you know, there's uh Voodoo Daddies, uh, Cajun food. There's uh, uh Caribbean. There are Caribbean places. Cajun is is like the they're the yeah. French French it's, Canadians that came down, right? Uh, French, French, black, uh, Creole. A lot of oh yeah, you have the Creoles and then you have um you have Cajuns. Yes, it's 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 like New Orleans and partially Cajun food, but it's run by African Americans. Mm. See, so it's it's very in the Southern culture down there, you know. Right. Um, and there's another that I've seen from a lot of uh, Black creators that I really like. Are if you are a comic fan, if you love superheroes and whatever, if you're a Marvel nerd, if you're a DC nerd, I'm personally I'm not a superhero nerd, but I really do like these Black Sands comics. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that, Christian? Mm-mm, but you say black so aggressively. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> black. That's funny. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, and people don't realize, like, I don't know. It, I guess it just takes, like, being black to really understand the, it, no, I know it does to understand yeah. the experience. Um, but a lot of black business owners just don't get the same highlight because they have, certain messages that they want to send out to help certain communities. Like a lot of times, um, if you're black, you kind of grow up some sort of activist as like a means for survival, you know, speaking up for yourself as activism just alone. And so a lot of these people do need some support. Um, nobody wants to depend on anybody, but it would be awesome to support these businesses. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. If you, you know, if you see something, if you see a place and try new things, if you haven't had soul food before, let me tell you something. Go eat soul food at a black-owned restaurant. It will change your life. Mm. Do it. Give me money, and I will give you food. That's simple as that. It's just yeah. promote wealth, you know, promote growth, and, you know, mm-hmm. be sensitive. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I guess there's not too much to talk about unless we rant. Besides, you know, just educate yourself. Um, If you're black, go ahead and celebrate. But that's about it. Yeah, wanted to make this shorter, but you know, I do have a, I do have a hot take. I do take. I feel, I feel like, and this is, you know, if if you're kind of closer to done with the whole Juneteenth segment, if you pick off now, maybe that's just we're going to speak more on it. But you know, this is where it's kind of divulging a little bit. Um. I sometimes I hate the word activist because I feel like of all the romance that goes along mm-hmm. and all. Oh, that, it's well, definitely been tainted. I just don't know many other words besides. Uh, no, yeah, not no, yeah. I'm not criticizing you for using the word. You're okay. totally right because that's what it is. But I feel like a ton of activists mm-hmm. are activists because it makes them feel good, and it's because they like the romance. They like they watched you know the 1992 Malcolm X movie like mm. we went. That has to be me. That's so cool. Dude, I noticed so many, um, or at least I guess a lot of times this is the way I perceive it. I don't know this to be fact, 
but I noticed a lot of white people who want to be activists, which like that's that's cool. Yeah. Like like do that if you want. Like that's that's actually cool. Um, but a lot of times they end up doing it to feel better and be able to criticize others, and they're they're able to reclass themselves and separate themselves. Um, and like I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes the only way we're going to move on if you acknowledge who you are, your history, your culture, and that's for everybody. Like you got to take accountability to improve yourself. Not everything in the past is your fault, but you got to improve yourself and whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, when, whenever Barack Obama would do something wrong, they would call him mixed. But when he did something right, he was black. And that is to me unacceptable because us as a black community, we got to take responsibility just like everyone else does, you know, no switching up. He's black. And he did something wrong. That's okay, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's a great dude. I yeah, that, you know? and and it and, comes from that that fear of you know being misrepresented because it happens so yeah, much. Very and much. It's, it's so often that the black community is represented by some people that don't even look it fully or are it fully. For mm-hmm. example, us. We're the only people I know on this podcast stuff, and when it comes down to it, we should not be the face. And like no. I, I love doing it, but yeah, we we should not be the face. No, we should not be the face. Yeah. We're two teenagers, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, you know. I would speak in history class, and then suddenly I'm king of the Negroes. Yeah, and, and not only that, I would, not only that, but and it's funny because we kind of shared the same issues with the glasses, um, inhalers, and joints. Yeah, but like, like literally, that's is like, there's just I don't know, bro. I would love to have somebody else, somebody else, because intersectionality doesn't stack, it interacts. And we need people that have these deeper interactions than we can have. Um, And so, like, because of that, I've actually been looking into people like the Young Black Panther Party and uh, talking with them and stuff. They're not affiliated with the Black Panther Party, but they, you know, kind of modeled after. because you know these people have more ropes and connections and stuff like that and i wish i wish it was just so much easier to get involved with bigger voices and not have to live by this activist name i would i would love this is a shout out i know he's not listening but we had a counselor for bsu a a city counselor who's black uh counselor og harris came and spoke Mm -hmm. You know, so if you want to join BSU, no matter what race you are, that is a place for education that you can learn. Uh, sitting there, you know, listening to that. We had a great time listening to that. You know, I would love to have him on the podcast or somebody like that, a bigger voice. Um, or even, you know, anybody, any ex- mm-hmm. anything I would love to have on here. You know, I think uh, that-, uh, that that would be cool, especially to get a louder voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, a thing the thing that comforts me is, like, you know, we don't even need a megaphone on us. If we're doing stuff, like, right in front of us, it's, it's going to make a different difference, especially being the next generation coming up. And once we have kids, like, I, I just look forward to at least our community being different, whether America changes much or not. Very much so. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. And that's, you know, like, like you know, Christian, you, you, you know, you're educated. You're smart. You do what you can to help the community. And like you said, you work as an individual and that's what's good. And that's sometimes that's all you need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, like that's, that's how you do it, you know? So I think all of us, when we work individually and we do something that we want to make people better, you know, and we want to work, work to make each other's lives better, the community's lives better, even if it's just mm-hmm. community service or volunteering or taking cans to the, to the, you know, the Salvation Army, that is doing right by your community. And that's something that we lack, I think, is sometimes in our culture, in everybody's mm-hmm. in American culture, I'm speaking about, it would be hold on too much to our rugged individualism, which comes mm-hmm. from, you know, we gotta we gotta support the community. Yeah, and see that that's something and I guess this is for another time because that's one of my criticisms of capitalism is it's all about um working by yourself and getting to the top. Me myself uh, and, and people forget about the the community like that that's you need that foundation yeah people don't get that when you support others you support yourself because the money comes around mm-hmm. or which way you think i mean and if you think about it like like a community is kind of like a garden you know if you mm-hmm. water it it's going to take care of you you can eat from that garden you can live off that garden everybody can live off of it and i don't know bro it's just you got to water that garden yeah, no, yeah. If you water it, you can share the fruits of the labor. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, so if if you have a community, if you love your the, the people around you, well, even if you don't, even if you hate their guts, water the garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just do what you can, you know. Yeah, but um, I think that's that's where we could wrap it up. Just kind yep. of a short and sweet, a little Juneteenth centered podcast i like talking about it um mm-hmm. it sucks we haven't gotten anybody on but it's a little more difficult than you would think terms of scheduling especially over summer yeah but um that's all, that's all i got yep that's uh i think we should wrap it up do you um i'm thinking of any psas that we should have um um i mean everybody should everybody who attends corona should look into bsu next year Mm. anyone literally black student union just means it's a safe space just centered around black topics it is not exclusive at all not at all not at all i'm i'm the president of it now so if you know me personally and you already know how i talk so that may or may not <laughs> divert yeah. from coming but I'm not going to be speaking too much i'm just directing the conversations christian and i have talked there um, you know, just come, just learn, have fun. We had a night where we uh chilled at the park. We all got to know each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's something that I think I, I would love for more people to join, you know. Okay. So all right, I think that's a good spot to end on. It's perfect. So this was uh Jackson. That's Christian. This is the gray area. All right, see y'all later. See y'all later.